Welcome back to Basic Brain Heart, the show where we celebrate and interrogate creatives of all stripes. I'm Hannah Camacho. On today's show, we have a really interesting interview. I, I think every interview is interesting, but this one is especially interesting because it's with Megan Tyndall. Um, she's a paper sculptor. Now, before you start thinking paper mache, stop yourself right there because it's nowhere near that. Uh, paper sculpting is really this intricate and beautiful and really fascinating world of creating art using paper as the medium. And if you've ever seen the movie Kubo and the Two Strings, which of course Megan had quite a hand in uh, creating alongside her husband Shannon Tyndall, who we interviewed on the show a few months ago, um, you'll get to see some of her handiwork. And I would actually encourage you to just go ahead and pull up her Instagram right now while you're listening. You can find it at M as in Megan, B as in brain, underscore paper sculpt, and view some of her work there, kind of get an idea for what paper sculpting really is. But Megan has, has made a name for herself in this world of paper sculpting, and um, she currently resides, of course, with her husband near Los Angeles, and um, she's created pieces for Walt Disney, Imagineering, TV, film, advertising, and various galleries. She's certainly kind of uh, found her way around that world and is also getting very interested in now teaching and passing on the knowledge that she has gained, which I think is extremely noble and selfless and wonderful. And I'm excited to see how that unfolds for her. But her candor and her honesty and um, the fact that she didn't really know what she wanted to do right out of art school, I found very refreshing and encouraging. And I hope you get as much out of the conversation as I did. Now, before we get started, just a quick reminder, no matter where you found the podcast, whether you found us on SoundCloud or iTunes, remember that you can subscribe wherever you find your podcast, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And I would be super grateful if you would take the time to leave a rating. It's super easy. All you have to do is click how many stars you want to give the show and you're done. Or even a review if there's something specific you want to share. I do read each of those individually and um, it's extremely encouraging as well as um, sometimes constructive criticism is always helpful. So please do leave feedback and always feel free to get in touch via Twitter, uh, Facebook, and or Instagram. All right, I'm done talking now. I hope you enjoy this conversation with paper sculptor Megan Tyndall. Megan, I am stoked. Super stoked. I almost feel like I should practice my Oprah introduction. Like, <laughs> my God. It's so, so great to have I miss you on the show. I miss her. Oh, show. man. I know. And I think I heard that she's taking over 60 minutes now. What? Yeah. Wow, I just saw I like no a idea. teaser. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to tune in to that because I've never really yeah. ever watched that show. But anyways, back, back to the topic at hand. It's so great to have you on the show. I have been a fan of your work for a while now and I am really excited to hear your story. Well, thanks. Uh, I really appreciate you calling and asking me. Of course, darling. And it was a fantastic treat to have your husband on the show a couple months ago. So, and and of course, he was bragging about you nonstop after we hit <laughs> we oh. we hit end call. And um, so, I'm just super excited. I mean, your work, of course, is uh, I think catching on. You you just recently did some work for Disney. Am I right with Rapunzel? The Rapunzel TV um, I did, show? yeah. I had like a little segment in one of the the new the new Tangled show, which is um, super exciting. Yeah, are you so working full time? Thing. So I guess the no, first question I have is I, just, what are you up to these days? Yeah, I'm just like freelance, so I'll just um, typically I just go project to project, and sometimes sometimes it's good and sometimes it's slow, and but it's it's okay. Like if it's slow, I do. I've got a couple 
um, like personal projects I'm working on. And also I, the new thing I'm doing is I'm, I'm coming up with, uh, lectures and keynotes. Um, yeah. So the, that's kind of the most current thing I'm focused on. And just before you called, I was, I'm struggling with, um, recreating some of the work I did for Kubo. Like, how did I do it? Yeah. It's, it's been a long time. And so it's healthy though. It's like, get my brain back into it because um, awesome. it's um i'm trying to recreate some of the total three-dimensional characters hmm. and those oh, are man. the trickiest Oof. yeah that's so i've um, seen some of those and in all honesty it blows my mind like i don't even know how on earth you've done those it's, it's just incredible thank you so much yeah it's it was it it was a uh, definitely building up to um, i can imagine yeah. Now, is there but someone sh- that you can go to? Like, if you get stuck, I mean, is there a community no. of creators or are you kind of on your own? <laughs> <laughs> kind of on my own. Yeah, wow. with those things. That's yeah. just nuts. I that, mean, like it was great. Like, what I'm struggling with now is I'm creating an arm. I'm trying to build a armature. And I was a little spoiled because at Leica, the puppet department, like, got me kind of started up with a yeah. a nice little wire armature. So no, that's something like, well, this is something I should learn how to do, but I'm, I don't think I'm doing it wow. nearly as uh, as quickly as those people that's do. That's tricky. But, um, yeah. Uh, so what you're saying with Shannon, yeah, Shannon's seen it all. He, he <laughs> we met, like he's seen, he's seen me, we met right, right after I got out of art school. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, we it was the first TV show I got hired as a PA to work on. Um, so basically, I went to Academy of Art College or University, I think it's called now, in San Francisco. Hmm. I was a 2D uh, animation, ha- like traditional hand-drawn animation oh, wow. major and illustration. Yeah, my dad was uh, my dad was an animator, and so really, and, he, and I've also adopted his fear of the computer <laughs> so yeah and that's the funny thing is when I went to that school like CG was the hot new thing and you know Pixar had only had a couple movies out by that point and and but I was like I was like scared to death of intro to computer and my friend Gabby like held my hand as I opened my first email account like it's bad I I did I, I inherited my dad's fear that I was going to somehow make the computer explode like into ticks of a, you know, the, the, the keyboard. Um, anyway, so I'm all over the place here. No, it's all good. So did you, did you find yourself, so your dad is an animator. I did not know that. So did you, as a kid, did you just love drawing and did he, and you know, did you guys kind of work together on art? We actually just had Claire Keen on the podcast and um, she was talking a lot about how, of course, she and her dad, he would sort of coach her and mentor her when she was a kid. And she just loved art. It almost felt like it was in her blood. Um, did you have a similar experience or did, was your love of art kind of a later thing? So I always, no, I always had that sort of going for me. Like when I, when I got to, uh, uh, when I got to Catholic school as a kid, I pretty quickly learned that I wasn't very strong with math and spelling, <laughs> but I did, but all my teachers were like, but she's creative. Like I get little creative ribbons and, and I really loved, I mean, that's the thing. I, I wasn't academic with anything finite, like math and spelling. I was a little freaked out by, 
Um, but I was more attracted to history and English and, you know, storytelling. And, uh, so I was more attracted to that stuff. I loved dance class. We had like a little dance class and, um, uh, we would put on productions or my, one of my favorite things was if we had a presentation, I would like do a lot of art and, and whatever that presentation was, if it was about a different country, I would get really into that. So early on, I sort of learned that I learned what my inspirations were. Um, and then my dad, yeah, my dad was, uh, his, his mom was a professional pianist, uh, organist. So I kind of, he grew up in a, in a very artistic family. She encouraged him to pursue the visual arts. He ended up in animation. Um, and yeah, same for me. He just, they, they, I have an older sister and they were fine with whatever we were interested in. Um, however, yeah, my dad, he started teaching workshops, figure drawing workshops and, and, uh, or overseeing them. He didn't really teach. He would just like kind of get the model, get everything set up. And so I was going to those when I was 14 was my first like nude figure drawing class. <laughs> it was pretty wild. A study in human anatomy. <laughs> yes. Um, he prepared me for that by taking me to like foreign films. <laughs> Like I said, that's how I got my sex education was he just took me to see like a French film. Um, had me kind of just anyway. So yeah, he wasn't very prudish about that stuff. And, but at the same time, you know, I actually took it really personally when my dad gave me artistic criticism. Cause I was so, I was so into impressing him or I really wanted to please him. And so I just took it to hardly, and he could tell. And so he was very much like got me classes with other people or thought that was a better, uh, yeah. that makes track sense. for yeah, me. Yeah yeah. 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 So he was encouraging, but he also, I think he was, he had some intuition that maybe, uh, I was, I would take it too hard or too, too much to heart. Um, uh, so yeah, so it was good. And I, actually I, I was more into acting as a kid and, um, yeah, I was more into acting as a kid, but because um, I think I just loved movies and TV and thought, oh, maybe I love acting. But um, when I got to go into, I got to community college, I couldn't even like handle the divas that were there, and I don't, I, and I just started freaking out that uh, we would film ourselves, and then I'd hear myself, and I'd see myself walk, and I just got so hypercritical. Oh, no. And of myself, and I was yeah, like, I don't, yeah. I don't like this, and and that's what attracted me into going back to the visual arts side and into animation because in animation you could be any character you want to be, you know. And growing up in LA, you think, oh my gosh, the only way you can be an actor is if you're like this like amazing looking person, superhuman, and, yeah, yeah, which is ridiculous because you watch yeah. TV and like every single person needs to be re is represented. In, stories but but i don't know you have this weird messed up it's true idea in your head <laughs> yeah so i realized you know what i don't think acting's for me and i and instead i decided to go um stick with the visual arts where the art represented me where i could stand back and look at it and and assess it like i just couldn't assess myself and that's what kind of drove me crazy about acting is you do it in the moment and you're like, oh, you kind of have to rely on others um, to give you feedback. So it's interesting, like the, the different folks that have been on the show, uh, most of them, of course, have gone to art school. 
And I always like to ask, because it seems like there are mixed reviews. Some are so happy they went to art school. It was amazing. It, it rocked their world. Others mm-hmm. are like, meh, it was okay, but I almost feel like I would have been able to get by without it. I'm curious what, what your kind of big takeaway from art school was. Yeah. Well, my dad, um, my dad, he went to a great art school, Chouinard. It's not around anymore. It became CalArts. But he always told, I remember, so... He, he, we had the opportunity to go live in Ireland for a year because he had gone through art school and had gotten a degree. And basically he was working for Disney and Disney chose him over another guy because he had a degree. So that was always kind of put in my head, like, just get, at least get your college degree in it. But at the same time, I think it depends. Like I see with Shannon having gone to Cal arts that that was like a, a pretty huge, uh, professional leap for him like I actually think it's it's great that he you know he as he told in his story he didn't make it in the first year but I think it was worth it to wait until he did get in because he did get all these opportunities straight out of Cal Arts before he could even before he could even graduate he got opportunities and that was not so much the case at my school my school it was I think it's a big difference when you're accepted through a portfolio or if you just pay. So I think with my school, you pay to go there. And there were some really talented, great people. And then there were people who just kind of like, I don't know where to go to college. I think I'll just do this. And and so you're sort of around that. And that's not super inspiring. Um, but yeah, no, I do know like a, actually a storyboard artist who worked on Kubo and worked with uh, was still working with Shannon. His name is Ovi Nadelku. He's super talented. And he like, he probably did. I don't think that school taught him anything because <laughs> he was already <laughs> awesome. We were always, everybody else was drawing super generic people and boring stuff. And it's almost like we had blinders on. And then this guy would do like this crazy black crow out of, you know, with a marker oh, and it had such cool. style. And I was like, where did you come from? Like, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I definitely have friends who succeeded. And, and, and the other really great thing about my school was we had Pixar teachers. Oh, nice. So, like, yeah, we had Pixar teachers. And then we did have really great um, teachers who, who taught uh, figure drawing and clothes figure drawing. You know, the only, the only thing I gripe about is, um, like I tell you, is that the arts. So I, you know, we paid all this money and I went to that school and I got a degree and I got out and, but I got an animation as a PA. So I was around new artists. That was fantastic. I was very inspired by that. And it was cool to be around professionals now. Um, but then I started, uh, going to this school. It was my dad's old school, Chenard started up again with uh, alumni and this teacher was there named Leo Monahan. He had taught at CalArts. Shannon just missed him. And he was just this infamous, infamous, amazing teacher everybody talked about. He was really harsh, like really demanding, you know. And so we were a little scared, but, but every, he taught design and color. Um, so, yeah, so Shannon and I started going to those classes. And that's my thing. That's that school, that Chenard school, and taking, what, three or four classes there was kind of, for me, hmm. a better art college or a better art lesson. Gotcha. But maybe it was also That's my age. Maybe I was more prime, more mature hmm. to take it in, sure. you know? Yeah. But anyway, I'm, 
I feel very passionate about the color and design that Leo teaches because mm. he it's basically how people at the German Bauhaus school, uh, it was a school that was around before World War II, a lot of like Kandinsky and Paul Klee and like a lot of amazing modern artists went there and their design and color class is just stellar. It's so, yeah. So I actually feel really passionate about um, uh, pursuing a future teaching that um, curriculum hmm. because it did so much for me. Uh, it so took, cool. yeah, it took a lot of mystery out for me. So I, I, I mean, I think art school is important. I mean, I do think some people are just intuitively amazing at, um, talking to themselves about what, like criticizing their own art, seeing what's wrong. But some people you need eyes to say, no, no, no. You see, you're not seeing this right. And in art school, they'll tell you it over and over and over again until it sinks in. So, but yeah, like I said, some people kind of don't need that. They just, or you just need it for a little while. And then all of a sudden you do have a better eye, um, That's great to pick insight. up on yeah. what's not working. So you obviously, of course, were doing a lot of traditional art during art school. I'm curious, when did your love for paper kind of begin? And how can you talk to me about your evolution as an artist with paper kind of from the then to the time of Kubo? Okay. Um, yeah. So actually, it leads back to this same gentleman, Leo Monahan. When I, when I took the class, he taught us design and color. And he's also a really well-respected, um, prolific paper sculptor. I believe he, he has like a piece in the Smithsonian and, and he, he, he worked a lot in the seventies. And, and, um, so he, at class, he just for fun one day showed us, um, how he makes, um, a, a bird feather. He made this large bird feather and he just drew it basically with his exacto knife, cut it out, just had such confidence. And then, um, yeah. And then he scored the center of the paper. He created this beautiful different, um, he just started cutting and creating different, uh, textures to create this feather look. It was so simple, but it was like gorgeous. It was, it was, it was just beautiful. And I go, wow, that that's kind of interesting. So I went home and I, I guess I don't I don't know what why, but I did a Hong Kong junk ship. You know those in Hong yeah, Kong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're very they're very um graphic looking. Uh, they have such cool sails. So and then I I said to myself, well, that I, I could involve some of that scoring he did, where you don't totally cut through the paper, you just lightly put your exacto uh, blade through it. And then it can create these beautiful um, bends. And that's a super ambitious undertaking for your first well, go around. Well, it's I just that's did awesome. like a little, it was like big, smaller than my hand. That's cool. But I did that and I did some like 1920s lady or, you know, costume. And I showed him and he was semi-encouraging. He's like, he, he kind of felt like illustration was dying because, you know, there's so much CG. So, but he's like, if you're interested here, let me give you this. Here's a little like homework assignment and made me do a bunch of, uh, come up with different textures. So that was great. Cause then he put in my head, Oh, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm approaching a paper project, let's try to think of all the different textures and designs, um, and techniques that could be applied. Um, so that was really great. Uh, I was working at cartoon network at the time, I was a PA and I had done prop design 
for some shows. And that was neat. But I look back and it was sort of more my ego, like just wanting to say, oh, I work in animation. Like I was so hard. I was so uh, like kind of hell bent on working in animation and being doing something for the studios that I was working within. So I was very focused on that. But but I look back and my passion wasn't in it. I wasn't like dying to go home and draw a car or I wasn't even that confident in my technical skills with it anyway. So I wasn't very inspired to, to draw props. I, I enjoyed the styles I got to work in and stuff, but, um, but you know, I just found this new medium and, and then suddenly I had a lot of ideas of, uh, things that could be recreated in this medium. And like what I was thinking about Shannon is he knew me right after our school <clears throat> and I was, uh, pretty down on myself because I was around mm. professionals, but I wasn't doing anything professionally. Oh man, that had to be really sucky. <laughs> but you know, what's yuck. interesting is actually Leo told us about this book called art and fear, teeny little mm. book, which is good for artist attention spans, but it talks about that very problem where when people come out of art school, suddenly they don't have projects. They don't have teachers. They don't have, you know, other students to like bounce things out. and you can just go creatively dead stagnant. And that was me. I was just like, uh, and that's why I said, I tried to focus on something like prop design. Like, okay, that's a good focus. I'll practice that. I'll focus on that. Um, but yeah, when I, once I found uh, paper as a medium and now I also knew what colors to choose. Cause before I was just totally scared and, was like, I guess I'll pick pink. I guess I'll pick yellow, you know, and I would just try everything and it would just come out blah. And, you know, I was at that time too, I'd been introduced to Mary Blair and her stuff was just so inspiring. Like, how did she ever come up with this? And that's the thing. She, she was, I think also, she was a Chouinard student and, um, and they, they were, yeah, they were taught like that, the, the, uh, like the Bauhaus style of uh, color and design. And I don't know. She also just, is just naturally knew how to choose things that were interesting. Um, but yeah, no, so suddenly now I, I felt like I had the tools, uh, to try to make things appealing, which, uh, which gave me like the confidence to just, or the inspiration to make more. I had an art show at Cartoon Network in their lobby. I was scared to death because there were so many amazing artists that worked at like, uh, Gendy was still there, um, doing Samurai Jack and Powerpuff was still going and, and, and Craig McCracken bought one of my art pieces oh, and that man. just like blew my mind what? and just that these people, they saw me as like a PA and they didn't know. And then they're like, these are pretty good, Meg. Like these are pretty <laughs> fun. I'm like, really? Wow. So, so that, and then it was also cool because there was a show going on called class of 3000. And they were doing this fun thing where in each episode they were doing little uh, interstitial like segments, uh, videos. So they said some, they were like, Hey, let's give Megan a shot at one of these. So I, they paired me up with this great guy, Chris Staples. He was really funny. He like directed it and I designed the puppets and, um, yeah. So they gave me like my first break, uh, doing that. Yeah, man. Um, So you probably felt like you were hitting a groove and did you feel like, this is oh. it. This is what I love. This is, and you've probably started to feel some sort of sense of. Oh my gosh! Relief. Yeah, it was life changing. <laughs> and like I said, for Shannon, he was probably relieved too because he was trying really hard to like, like he bought me paints, and then I would just 
like copy a Mary Blair painting. And I'm like, what am I doing? You know? Yeah. I don't, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to draw. And like I said, luckily taking that class and then kind of finding a medium that I felt was fun, um, for the first time. So, um, anyway, the Cartoon Network, this cool kitty video led to me doing a couple of Yo Gabba Gabba videos when that first started and that, and also people were just starting blogs and websites. So I started a website. Um, and then this, um, director, Jamie Cleary found my work and he was about to start an all paper, uh, his, his second commercial for United Airlines. He had done one called dragon. That was really beautiful. Yeah. It showed in front of the Super Bowl. And, um, so he said we were about to do another one. So that he gave me my big like break to quit my day job That's and cool. to just b- pursue being a, trying to be a professional at this paper sculpting thing. That's so, awesome. yeah, so it was amazing. And it was like the real world. We lived in a house together and we made this, uh, we made this, um, commercial like in, for oh, three sweet. months. <laughs> yeah. And then. It just goes to show you, like, you just you just got to keep making different things because, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, then that led to he got Madagascar 2 end credits, the company he worked for. Oh, so he got the, that crew together. We did the uh, – I did the puppets of the characters. And then when Disney, Disney Imagineering saw that, and I'd always wanted to work for them. Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. But I had no idea how I – I didn't try approaching them. I just, like, I don't know what I could do for them. And uh, it was amazing. They approached me. And they said, wow. we need somebody to uh, do Disney characters and paper for his upcoming oh water extravaganza called World of Color. That is so So, cool. yeah, that was amazing. And and luckily that job led to like uh, about, I was counting, I think I did it, I've done about nine or ten jobs for them since then. That's so I love awesome. it. I didn't think I could do anything for them. Meanwhile, they've they've found all sorts of ways of utilizing me in different ways. Like I created a parade, like a I came up with a concept for a parade in Disney world and did different floats. Oh, that is rad. Yeah. Um, I didn't, it didn't go through, but it's fun. Like it was, it was really fun. Sure. And yeah. So some of the stuff gets seen, some of it ends up not getting, sure. you know, not happening, but, um, that they're really good for, to work for. Oh man. Um, I know that's what I hear. And it, that's like the dream team. I mean, <laughs> yeah. When they're yeah, approaching was, you, you've kind of, maybe you've made it. <laughs> uh, I, I was pretty, yeah, I was pretty excited. Oh, and, man. and, um, yeah, like I said, they were, they were pretty, they, um, that division, the imaginary division, they, they do things way ahead of time. And, you know, I, I'm used to TV, like, and I see what my TV animation friends go through and it's like the opposite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everything. But, um, you get very good when you're constantly, you know, having to pump out stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, uh, snap. So were you and yeah. Shannon kind of during this time while you're starting to land some gigs? Um, I would imagine he maybe was working on uh, at least concepts for Kubo. How did how did oh, yeah. origami or what would you what do you like to call it? I mean, paper, just, I would just say paper, paper sculpture, paper sculpture. How yeah. did that become such an intri- integral? I can't talk today. Part okay. of the story. Yeah. So actually, so early Kubo stuff came up on like one of our first dates. He did this like drawing of a beautiful like Japanese woman with long hair. And, and then, and then he had some other concept and I'm like dying to find it somewhere in my house, but he did this cute little uh, drawing of a little Japanese boy with a shamisen. And uh, when he, and and he had, 
he used white pencil and drew like a little monkey. So basically the first concept was that this little boy, when he played, it created smoke characters. Um, so that was back in like, we met in 2001. And then I think he did that drawing like in 2002. So yeah, just over the years, Kubo just slowly, he just kind of kept thinking about it and coming up with ideas. Now, when I started doing paper sculpture in 2004, that's when he, um, started thinking, well, wait a second, this is set in Japan, you know, maybe, and it, it would make more sense also technically to execute if it was like paper characters. And he's like, I don't know if that's really been done. Like he just thought that would be a fun, fun thing to do. And actually my first art show at gallery. Yeah. One of my first art shows at gallery nucleus, I, it was called the bug show. And I had it with my friend, uh, Anna chambers and Lou Romano um, and my friend, Chris Rabelwongs. Anyway, one of my f- I- ideas was I was looking at beetles. I was like, beetles look a lot like samurai. They looks like samurai armor. So I did, uh, so I did a little, um, yeah, I did this like samurai bug, uh, for that show. And then actually my old boss, Jamie Cleary bought it, um, that night. But I, that was like, I guess that that was like kind of the first beetle. I have to ask Shannon. I'm not sure if he already had the beetle character, if he like saw me do that and thought about the beetle. I forget. I don't know. But um, uh, so yeah, that's how that's how it came to be origami. And I don't do origami. Like I used to. I used to know how to do a swan and stuff. And I I don't know. But um, actually, my uh, Mori um, Tabata. She she also worked on Kubo. We worked side by side. She's Japanese and actually understood origami and um when actually so she worked on some of the paper characters too and some of her stuff were actual origami folds um yeah me I was sort of like fudging it I was like looking at the (laughs) stuff and like how because we were also constrained by having to work off designs Hmm. I'm not constrained the thing is like uh Jesse yeah yeah, Jesse and Shannon did the designs hmm. of those characters. And so you okay. couldn't, I mean, I'm not like some Caltech physicist who can like figure <laughs> out how to create yes. Shannon's design in one piece of paper. Like there's, there's a guy who does that. Yes. I should probably know his name because he <laughs> deserves me to know his name. He's amazing. But no, I had to kind of, hey, you know, how would, you know, let me create a structure here and then we'll put textures and folds here and there that make it read as origami. Mm. Um. Yeah, that's so, so cool. And so it kind of sounds like you guys were like inadvertently sort of inspiring each other towards this story, which, by the way, like we love Kubo. When my kids first watched it, um, one of my sons just he wouldn't stop trying to make paper sculptures and different origami. And he was just so obsessed. And I I, uh, play the banjo. So I have a banjo at home and they just kept begging. Can I please play your banjo with my magical (laughs) um, pick now, mommy? And um, they were all about it and all about being Kubo. And it was just, it really opened some interesting dialogue too. I think I was telling Shannon when he was on just like the first few scenes when you watch what Kubo is going through with his mother. And I know that of course is a personal story for you, but Mm -hmm. you know, it opened up some dialogue about what it might be like to watch a parent go through something like that and what it would feel like as the child. So we have just really, really loved the movie. Yeah, that was the thing. Like, I honestly, Kubo, it just, it, it came from his heart and his imagination, and it took years to cultivate. 
because like I said, my uh, Shannon, yeah, my, my mother, she got dementia in her mid forties, just mysteriously. We don't even know what, and I know dementia is sort of a broad term, but, um, basically she was starting to drive on the wrong side of the road and couldn't remember short term things. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. She That's devastating. Started, yeah. She was, the thing is she was always a really funny, witty lady and we're mm. lucky that, that, that didn't go away. And not only That's that, good. but she almost got more like her humor got even cruder, which was <laughs> kind of like <laughs> wonderful and funny, but also petrifying because oh you never knew what she was, was going to say to people. <laughs> and sometimes she could say something oh, like, no. like I said, she, the dementia, she just didn't have a filter. Hmm. And my dad said like, she had a note from the doctor, like that she could curse and <laughs> you know, like basically she had a pass. Because she she oh, really man. couldn't. It was almost sort of Tourette's like, you know, like yeah. she couldn't help herself. Wow. And it all depended on her mood, too. Like if she was in a good mood or a bad mood. But um, so that was the thing. Like with Shannon, uh, when, when I first met him, you know, that was that's kind of a heavy thing to bring somebody into. Absolutely, and and yeah. so I wasn't sure I wanted to know his his personality could how his personality would react hmm. to somebody yeah. like this, because I adored her. Like I, I had so much fun being around her. Absolutely. And, but it was hard when you took her out. Some people looked like her, like she was like a sick, mentally ill person, mm. you know, and they just had like, no, they just got very scared or they had no sense of humor. That's they so didn't understand her. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I actually like brought him over in the early days when we were first um, dating to meet, to meet her hmm. and he totally got her. And, that's and, awesome. Yeah, he totally got her, and luckily, uh, we dated for quite a while before um, she passed away. Hmm. I think she, I think he got to know her for about like seven years or something. That's awesome. And um, yeah, so he got to know her really well, and and yeah, I'm not sure when when it came up for him too, but um, exactly like uh, Kubo's mother, he worked in some of those. Um, personality traits of somebody with dementia and like my mom well it was sort of flipped my mom she had very lucid moments you know where she was funny and understood what was going on and she had moments where she was out of it and so that's what Shannon brought to Kubo was she I loved it because he incorporated it into the whole like logic of the mythology you know she's a night princess or a a moon princess so she's going to be very lucid at nighttime and and handicapped during the day, like during the human time. And I thought that was a really clever, that's, that's the thing. I feel like Kubo has elements in it uh, of that a lot of films just don't have. And I think it's because it was, it was like a 10 year process, you know, like it, it was given time to sort of organically uh, develop and, and, and he was given time to sort of, you know, yeah, think about it and play around with ideas. Um, so luckily he's, he's like that with a couple other projects too. He just, he's kind of always got to be inspired and thinking of something. And, and I think that's really paying off for him. And, and, and then, um, he's able to get inspired about the next project and, and, and dig it and dive into that, you know, keep them all moving. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's really cool. I'm curious now that you've, you know, had some years out of school and working different types of projects, how do you approach creative work differently now than you did maybe when you were first out of school? 
I guess, yeah, I kind of talked a little bit about that, like with uh, yeah. taking the different class um, with Leo, that helped me. Um, that was a little bit after school. I just felt like I had more direction. And um, so like if you're given a project, so if Disney brings you on for something um, and, you know, how do you approach that new project, you know, maybe differently or how do you, you know, I, I would imagine in the beginning there might have been like a lot of anxiety because you you didn't really have a lot of experience. But is there anything that you feel is really different now than maybe it was then? No, it's basically that. Well, actually, that kind of leads me to uh, Disney helped me build um, and and expand because they came to me with challenges that I wasn't willing to give myself. <laughs> so, yeah, so like with Disney, like, so uh, at one point they came to me and they said they wanted, um, uh, actually Mike Moon, he was at Disney, and he said, we want a 3D character. Can you do that? And I was like, oh, I've never done, you know, I'm thinking I've never done that. I'm like, sure. Yes. Yeah, you do. You just say sure. And then you just do your best. And out, then yeah. that got me over my hump of uh, the fear of going from what I was typically doing was more considered bas relief sculpture where, you know, it's a sculpture, but you can only really view it from the front and uh, help me kind of get into three doing sculpture that was three dimensional where you, Wow. 360 you know only, view. i can only imagine <laughs> well then it has to look good at every angle yeah. too oh snap that's just but that's nuts and paper it's like paper's like forgiving and it's not it's it's not like clay <laughs> it's not you know? much to hide behind but then it's, yeah. it's almost like wonderfully unforgiving too like sometimes i, I don't know it, it's just innately beautiful the way it keeps um its curves and the way light hits it you know so so i you know yeah, if you want something curved and beautiful effect, you can get that with paper. But also if I wanted something jagged, like I did I did something for the Shanghai Disney. I did a uh, uh, one of the, like a robots for the Toy Story. And they wanted me to do like a stealth bomber, be inspired by the stealth bomber side. So yeah, then I got to approach that. And and um, I think paper was very effective in, in uh, getting that look. Um, but no, the big, the big challenge was they said, Hey, can you do five European landmarks? And I was, and so basically they threw me the oh, architecture, <laughs> architecture challenge. Oh, snap. And, um, I almost think they let me pick which ones, which was very cool. Or maybe they didn't. I'm trying to remember. No, I think maybe they told me, cause I think they had it in, in mind for, um, what countries basically it was the cruise ships that were going to be in the Mediterranean. And so they wanted London. Uh, so I did Big Ben. I did the I did the Gaudi, uh, the Gaudi Church. Um, I I did Ireland. I did the Ca Dublin Castle, um, Eiffel Tower, and I'm missing one. Yeah. So I did. I got to do those five, and I think I had two weeks for each of them, and then I had to do little characters that were going to be animated around it. But yeah, wow. I was so like I was. It was one of, again one of those moments where I was like really scared, really inspired and excited, yeah, you know. Yeah, no kidding. But, that and it's just daunting. one of those things. Where, it was one of those things where you're you're scared, but you're so grateful you got mm. that, and it helped you past a hump you were having, like a creative hump, or you know. So um, 
Yeah, that was great. And if I hadn't done that, I would have been scared out of my mind for the Kubo challenge. Like, so that's the thing. I feel like I did Kubo at just the right time. Like I had just enough experience and time and confidence under my belt that I could do that. If, 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 if Shannon had gotten that Kubo opportunity earlier on, I would have, I don't know. I I just think it happened at the right time. That that's brilliant. And really cool to know that like, Things just kind of happen and and there were like those stepping stones on top of each other. That's so cool. Do you see yourself as like a messy creative or more of a neat freak? I I mean, I would guess it just seems like there's so much precision involved that you'd be a a neater creative, but I like being, I'm horrified by my studio space office right now. Like I'm like, this does not reflect (laughs) me. Like I love super order. Like those real simple magazines are like pornography to me. Like (laughs) I want to be that. Like that's what I aspire a minimalist and clear anyway, but it's not, but I, I, I want to be that way. And then I can't, the thing is I couldn't use that as a procrastination if I'm not careful. So like right now, that's what I'm dealing with. Like my studio is not great, but I have all this stuff I need to make, um, for a trip to Italy. So I'm like, I just got to get over it. Just focus on making the artwork and not worry about things being organized. Um, the paper sculpture process is kind of messy when you're getting into it. You're just sort of, your head's really into your chopping stuff. And so there's just tons of like little bits of paper everywhere. Um, when I was, when I was building a thing for Disney Tokyo, I did a Cinderella diorama. I was using so much pink airbrush that I was like sneezing (laughs) pink and I was pregnant. (gasps) I was oh, really no. pregnant. Yeah. Oh, but goodness. I mean, she's come out fine. She can read. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> I guess it wasn't hard. I, yeah. I barely ever have to airbrush. So oh, man. anyway, crazy. I'm going to, so kind I of, guess yeah. I'm, I want to be organized, but um, yeah, it's, pro- it doesn't yeah, look that, that makes perfect sense for, especially for that medium. Like it just seems like mm. there'd be so many paper clippings everywhere that just to keep up with them would, would, would almost be counterproductive. I have a lot of flat files. Like I love this one, Ikea flat file they have there. And, and, um, yeah, Shannon used to tease me that I would buy constantly be buying box frames and paper that I probably already had, you know? Um, Anyways, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, but I'm also very lucky because paper's pretty, it is pretty clean. It's not that messy. I paint from time to time. Um, but it's light, you know, um, it's, it's affordable. So yeah, it's not like I'm welding or yeah, there's, there's other more demanding mediums I could be dealing with. That's true. But that's really cool though. I can, I can imagine that the process looks, have you ever done a time lapse or is that just, does it take I'm days and days? I'm supposed to. <laughs> no, I think I'm going to. That'll, uh, that'll like be maybe rad. with one of these. Um, yeah. So with one of these, um, uh, Kubo, uh, characters I'm trying to like recreate, I think oh, I'm going to try cool. to set up a time lapse thing. How many hours does it take? Let's say for a Kubo character to put one of those together. Do you think? Uh, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll time you. I'll t- I started <laughs> oh, today. Like, I'll tell you when I'm done. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, like I said, like, uh, I mean, s- something stick out in my mind. I remember how long things take. Um, I want to say with a lot of those Kubo characters, I had like a week or two. Um, it would be where I had, to, I would, I do everything first out of, uh, typing paper, just cheap paper. And I tape and I use Sharpies and I, yeah, that's how I uh, figure it out. And then I create a template or a pattern for myself. 
And then I cut that out of good paper. I use Bristol paper. What do you think is the biggest misconception about what you do? Um, that just, I would say like, just because it's made out of paper doesn't make it interesting. Hmm. Um, that's one thing I thought about, like, uh, that it's important, whatever medium you're working in, you've got to have good design and good color. And, um, I think some people who are, or who are playing around with paper, um, I think like, yeah, like I said, just because it's paper doesn't make it interesting, but I feel like some people are thinking, I don't know if that's kind of mean of me to say, but, um, but the other, okay, well, the big thing is when I say what I do, I'm a paper sculptor. They're like, Oh, do you do paper mache <laughs> or like pinatas? <laughs> like you really, and I, I just oh, have to be obnoxious and be like, here's, here's my Instagram. Like, I don't, <laughs> just, I don't know how well, well I'm to not even going to describe this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, like it's a term that Leo used to and um but uh yeah it's, I like at first I would say paper I like draw sculpture. out of paper but yeah I think paper sculpture just kind of sums it up the best yeah or kur- if it was in Japan it's technically called kurigami when you yeah it's 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 yeah there's some amazing books out there um so yeah kurigami means that it's not it's basic cutting and folding and that's, that's what I do. I don't, I'm not doing origami where yeah, that's technically just, paper, yeah. exactly. That's brilliant. So, yeah. Now I know I just learned something new. That's very cool. <laughs> I'll send you some images. Like there's, yeah, some really beautiful kurigami. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Out there. If you're ever experiencing a lack of inspiration, what do you do to kind of get those ideas flowing again? What's kind of your personal go-to method? Uh, looking up movies movies books and internet mm. um Amen. i have a lot of, i like that yeah <laughs> yeah that's i mean in the early days it was it was pretty much just books i would like i would thumb through and be like ooh, i want to make that um and yeah like right now i'm really into i've uh, started doing directors caricatures of directors and uh i've got five done and i have a list of like a million because directors are very interesting looking. Um, and I also kind of want to like pay homage to them, like out of respect for how inspiring they've been, like take some time and, and, uh, do a caricature. So that's also, like I said, when I'm, when I'm not in a, a paid project, that's what I'm kind of focused on and inspired to do. Um, that's cool. at the moment. Yeah, that's really, really cool. And I, I mean, because oftentimes they really are underappreciated. That's one thing we always give the people who are either in front of the camera or in front of the microphone all the glory. But the brains behind the stories, they're just amazing. That's really cool. Um, is If anybody wants to kind of keep up with what you're up to these days and, and mm-hmm. see your work, where do you prefer they find you? Instagram, website? Um, Instagram's the most updated. I'm actually Super. about to relaunch my website. Oh, that's exciting. Um, yeah. So it'll have a lot. My current website doesn't, is, is missing a lot of work because I'm, I've been working on this new website. Yeah. Um, so I hope to launch that pretty soon. That like I said, my great. husband and I were going to Italy, um, to talk at a conference. So I'm working on uh, keynote presentations and workshops. So that's, so that's Sweet. also the thing I'm focused on now is, uh, coming up with uh, 
workshops and potentially taking them to colleges or to high schools or to grammar schools. I'm trying to come up with uh, different workshops that are appropriate for different groups. Well, Megan, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much much, for, for hopping on and having a conversation. 